Welcome to the LIBF Financial Education Team Podcast. In each episode, we will discuss the key topics that impact on financial education, and whenever possible, include guests so we can get their thoughts and ideas too. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Nick, welcome to our LIBF FE Team Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Thank you for inviting me. No, it's entirely our pleasure. I know um, we spoke very briefly before we hit the call button, but I know you're very busy. So first and foremost, thank you so much for getting some time for us today. I know you've got a thousand and one things you've got to be doing. So I'm grateful for the half an hour or so we're going to spend talking about National Careers Week, which is which is your baby, right? Yeah, it, it started off, I think, as that. It's now turned into a beast owned by many. <laughs> that's just shirking responsibility i reckon that's just passing things on but well look before we get into more detail about that and what's all involved if you don't mind nick a bit about your background kind of what it is you were doing previously and how you got to where you are now yeah sure i'll try and keep it brief as brief as possible but me my, my my journey is kind of part of the reason i do what i do today i guess um i never really found what kind of was my passion in life early on. I, I kind of bumbled from one thing to another. I flunked out of college. I probably didn't get the exams that I needed. Um, I, I went from job to job and then um, stumbled into uh, a publishing job just by chance, um, just happened to be an educational publishers. And it kind of switched me on to even kind of what careers was. We were doing stuff with big employers and they were making us do published brochures that were attracting young people from schools. And I was like, what is this? And I kind of just delved more and more. Um, I stayed with them for a few years. It was a good old um, educational publishers called Hobson's in, in Cambridge that had been going donkey's years. And, and it got to that point, it shows how old I am, where we had um, MTV was just starting out and it just launched in the UK. And yep. I'm kind of looking at these big, fat tomes of education that we're publishing in, with one eye. I'm looking at this MTV stuff with my other eye and thinking, hmm, I wonder what young people would prefer in terms of kind of lo- looking at. And, yep. and I went and I went to the owners and said, shouldn't we be doing videos or something rather than books, you know, to get to kind of young people? And they were like, look, Nick, we're a publishing company. We don't do videos. You know, that's not, not what we're about. And you know what? I took a real gamble. I just left. And I thought, I've never made a video in my life, but I'm going to. I'll find a production company. I found some local employers in Cambridge. I said, look, what we'll do is we'll make a good old-fashioned VHS video, all the different opportunities that kind of exist with you in, in and around Cambridge. And I'll print off loads of these VHS videos and we'll get them out to all the schools in Cambridge for free. Should we do it? And, you know, that was the start of my journey. And, and I haven't kind of looked back since. It then turned into a full kind of video production company. I then was involved in careers media for kind of best part of 20 years. The government then decided at the time that they were going to cut the old connection service, which was the old um, in, in school kind of careers provision at that time. And I, Twitter was around. I set up a Save Careers campaign on Twitter. And, and that actually just kind of merged into what we now know as kind of National Careers Week. Like there's so much in there straight away. I'm loving the fact we start with MTV and VHS videos. Man of my generation here. Look, we didn't say Betamax, so it wasn't... It was, <laughs> we're better than Betamax. We couldn't afford Betamax. That was much better quality. <laughs> that was the posh ones, yeah. yeah. Um, well, isn't it funny? You know, I, I, maybe it's a contradiction in terms, though, when you talk to, to students now about careers and stuff like that, but you didn't have a path, right? You just kind of followed your heart and kind of where your desire was. And, I mean, I guess that's probably quite an important message to people is, 
how important is the passion that you kind of have for something to with regards to the career and what you, 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 what you aspire to do? Is that an important part of it? Is that something you recommend to students? Do you know what? I feel blessed because of that. I'm doing something I absolutely bloody love. And, you know, and that that that's the passion that drives that. And so, you know, often my colleagues that are around me are kind of like, just chill, Nick, you know, like it's, it's 10 o'clock or whatever. And I'm like, OK, I'll get back to you tomorrow. But, you know, my brain doesn't tick off because I think the job never finishes. And I love a job that never finishes. You, you know, how can we ever say our job is done? You know, it's never done in this in this kind of arena. So, yeah, absolutely passion. I don't want to go through the old cliches of, you know, it, it kind of not even feeling like work if you really enjoy it. They're all out there for you to discover and have been created by people smarter than me. But what I will endorse is you've got to enjoy what you do. So tell us a bit about National Careers Week itself, if you don't mind, Nick. Kind of what is it? Okay, you know what? It's just a celebration. It's a celebration of careers opportunities. That's it in a nutshell. As I say, it came out of the back of the Twitter Safe Careers campaign, but now what it's turned into is is I think more of a celebration. So I think we're lucky that there's so many pressures on schools, as you probably know, to to barely kind of get through the curriculum that they have to, let alone make time for anything else. And and I do feel blessed that up and down the country, thousands of schools kind of say, do you know what? This week we'll cut, we'll put time aside, we'll make special time, and we will just focus on the careers opportunities that exist for you know this new cohort of students that we have, you know, before they kind of go on to the next thing. And 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 I think that's where we're at. We're at a place now where there is time built into the, to, to I suppose the, the school term to actually celebrate careers, whether it's half an hour on one of the days, whether it's one day, whether it's a collapsed curriculum for the whole week, which happens as well. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that it's a moment in time to celebrate that. That sounds awesome. And if you're a school then or a college that wants to get involved in this, and they reach out to you, what kind of support would they get or what kind of guidance do they get around how they can have that celebration in their own kind of centres? I think the main thing from day one was that we were creating information and passing on information that was free. You know, there's a lot of paid for services out there, people running platforms that are the kind of, you know, the emperor's new clothes, you know, these things will come and go. But ultimately, we wanted a best of practice, a collection of really passionate other organizations you know dare I say organizations like LIBF that Yay. have been with us as well <laughs> yeah over the last few years and and kind of do it because you get it you know we don't need to work with organizations who don't get it you know it's we've had plenty of people knock on the door and say hey look you know here's some money you know this is what we want to do the moment they say you know oh we want to see how many bums on seats we can get you know tell us how many students we can sign up I know they're not the right kind of people to be working with and I that might sound harsh but you've got to feel this stuff you've got to know that what you're doing is almost CSR rather than out and out talent recruitment that comes from actually putting your time in on the CSR and actually getting on the students radar anyway you know with credibility credibility that here's some information we relate to to your needs you know and we get it you know so I kind of don't want to fudge the question, but I think you probably understand where I'm coming from. It is about like-minded organisations creating great career-based information that is free to the end user. And I would imagine your, your passion comes shining through radiantly. It always has done whenever speech, when I see your Twitter stuff that goes out, all the things you put out, the website itself, it just you can tell you've got a proper drive for this. 
But I would imagine when you first started this, was it challenging to get organizations with a like mindset like you had at the time? Because it maybe it was quite revolutionary, maybe a bit ahead of itself back then. I'm sure it may, but I'm assuming it's got a bit easier now, although I'm sure it's got challenges still. But have you, was it hard at the outset? And is it easier now to get those right organizations involved? It's, that's a great question. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to be passionate. Otherwise, you know what? You'd, you'd let the arrows that hit you in the back weigh you down. I, you know, I just keep going. I'm not prepared for that to happen. So um, what has really helped is having a team around me. And they weren't there from day one. They, that develops, you know, like with any organisation as the organisation develops. So the team came on board that I think took pressure off of it, seeming just like it was a one man show. And now you know, uh, you know, I'm the unimportant voice piece, you know, it, it's like the others are doing all the great work. The organizations we work with are providing all the great content. The students that we see on the timeline every year, you know, up and down the country celebrating the week, they are the fuel to keep us going. So it's really easy now, but back in the day, it was hard. You know, I remember the very first day we kind of did it. I trekked up to Hull, um, to Mallet Lambert School in Hull. Um, they said what, what's all this national careers week stuff and i said you know you tell it's me be big one you know, day trust me it's going to be big <laughs> exactly exactly you know and, and it was real field of dream stuff you know yeah. it, it really was and 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 we're here now but it's only i think because again i've just been lucky enough to have people say do you know what Nick? we kind of get what you're trying to do here can we get involved can we help and no person's an island you know so you're right in, in the initial kind of question and, and where that's coming from. Of course, it was bloody hard at the start. Was everyone listening? No. You know, was government interested? No. And as I've said to everyone, government will come along when, you know, it's made a big enough noise. Yeah. And, and we're lucky enough to be there now. Oh, and what about industries then, Nick? I mean, does it vary from sector to sector? I, I, obviously, some things will lend itself a bit easier to being involved in this maybe than others. But do you have you found there's been a change in that? And obviously, the change in actually jobs that are out there, right? Because of a lot of the jobs that exist now weren't around maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So has that changed how you approach this as well? In a funny sort of way, it hasn't. Because at the end of the day, an opportunity is an opportunity. And when we set out, it was always about how many opportunities can we get in front of young people? And part of also running alongside that was myth busting. And that's why I love working with people, again, like LIBF and say like a sector like finance, because the concept that I suppose, you know, young people have that are in education, their parents may have it, you know, is the bank manager. You know, you start going, it's the same as when I'm dealing with the NHS, I just think doctors and nurses. Those are the myths we love busting. So, you know, I've learned through working with all these different sectors so much about these different sectors and about the varied opportunities that actually exist within them. So to me, that's part of the pleasure is the learning. You know, I've loved going on this journey, you know, with organisations like yourself and learning more about, you know, that whole sector because I, you, you show me, you know, you show me from the inside out what's really about. And then I can go not just with the passion, but with authenticity to that end audience and say, this is what it's all about. These are the varied opportunities, you know, because to be all fair with teachers, how can they possibly know all of that? You know, a lot of teachers' life is within education, unless they're ha you know, lucky enough to know people that work in all those different sectors. How would they have the experience of the opportunities from those different sectors? So, again, I feel kind of really privileged that I'm able to learn so much about so many different sectors. 
it must be a nightmare. If, well, not in a good way, a good challenge, because you must know so much about so many different things. <laughs> like, it must be unbelievable. <laughs> and also the process, right? Because it's not always, I guess, about like subject knowledge or knowing an industry. Because if you're starting on your career, you're only going to know so much right, on, on that first step. But how much of it is about also being um, employable from kind of a selection perspective? As in, you know, c- can I interview well and can I ask the right questions and can I present myself right? How, how much of that is part of what you do during National Careers Week? We very much, a great question again, we very much try to deal with what a lot of people call those soft skills and they're definitely not bloody soft skills. You know, they are fundamental life skills. You know, it, that, that's the reality of it. You could be the, you know, the smartest kid on the block. If you don't interview well, you are not going to get that job. And, and I kind of flip it on its head. And I would say, actually, the most important qualifications you can have are those life skills that we, you and me are talking about now. The academic stuff can be taught. But actually, you know, the the habitual things, the things that are about you as a person, the things that make you stand out as an individual, they're very hard to teach indeed. And and, and they almost come from within there because they're a combination of stuff that's out of academia's control, you know. So, yes, any employer could. I I think these days what I'm feeling almost is that employer would rather find the right kind of well-rounded person that they can then layer that knowledge on rather than take someone that's got loads of bits of paper ultimately, but maybe very awkward socially, you know, may, may rub people up the wrong way because of, of, of shortcomings in kind of, you know, their, their social kind of an habitual language in a, in a sense. So, yeah, I, I've always been a big you know, believer of, I, I've never looked, and in all the jobs I've had, I've never employed anyone based on their academic qualifications. Not interested. What I'm interested in is that person, how they come across an interview, and what questions they ask me. You know, their thirst for learning. That, that's the thing that I love. I think that's a great point, Nick. And, and I get a sense that's changed over maybe the last, certainly the last 10 to 15 years or so, where before it was very much, okay, let's look at your CV and what have you got on paper? You know, where I think now it feels like, okay, that's not unimportant. Don't get me wrong. Qualification things are still relevant. But actually what they really want to see is personality, you know, and what you've got going on behind yeah. there to see if that's going to be the right fit for the organisation. And, and and I guess for students, that, that that's, can be quite challenging, especially in a world where... I think we're more tech based now, right? So a lot of the students world is very social media oriented, I'm sure, because they spend a lot of time on phones and on gadgets and we didn't, right? We grew up having yeah, yeah. to have face-to-face dialogue. So again, is that something that's covered in this? Is this is this an area of focus? How much tech plays a part? Not just in actually getting recruitment and getting jobs, but also in your social skills and how you can manage that? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. There's got to be a balance there, hasn't there? Because, you know, a lot of I think the older generation say, oh my goodness, young people got really poor communication skills. They haven't. Yeah. They communicate in different ways. You know, maybe having four or five conversations going on at the same time, but in broken English, in text speak, you know, that is kind of part of the future because that's the way that they will communicate with their peer groups. And when we're all gone and they're all in power and they're running all these companies, that will be the norm. I think we're judging people by our norm, which is probably in transition to a new norm. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's so true. And I think I've had this conversation before when uh, I, students get criticised for having shorthand and short text. But I think it's an art form, you know, it's advanced communication. Because actually, for that very reason, m- m- my boys can watch a YouTube video, watch it, have the sport football in the background, be texting a friend all at the same time. I can't do that. <laughs> One thing you're absolutely spot on yeah you know you're spot on I know you get where I'm coming from I I, I, you know I do challenge when I'm with organizations and they say oh you know kids have only got the short attention span I'm saying 
funny because they don't have when they're watching football or play or gaming. Exactly. You know, they could be yeah. on the same game for three <laughs> I was hours. doing that. Yeah, so true. Um, and I don't want to be controversial here because I totally understand in the school system that, you know, time is precious. You know, teachers work extremely hard. There's not enough things to do that they have to do stuff, let alone the other stuff that comes with it. But in your opinion, how are we doing in, in schools and colleges with regards to supporting careers and, and, and kind of moving on to the big wide world of work? Is there enough going on or is it a bit hit and miss or could we do a lot more? I think I'll start uh, and try and make this simple. I mean, we otherwise we'd need hours. But if I start by saying I think things are genuinely better now than they have been, I see more conversations at higher levels, at influential levels about careers and about careers education, information and guidance generally, which is good. There are organisations like the Careers and Enterprise Company out there that are building careers hubs all around the country um, that are making kind of things better. If I, I don't mind, you know, I'm not one to duck, at, um, you know, <laughs> the subject matter. So I will just jump in until, until careers education is embedded within every single subject within the curriculum, we will not have actually addressed the problem. And I think that's about making learning relevant to young people. They want to see, ex they want to see examples. They want to know, why is it you teaching me this algebra? Why do I have to learn the, you know, these percentages in maths? Show them, show them how you apply that in the real world. And in doing so, you're actually addressing some of those, you know, future careers issues and opening up the world of work to them so you know I, I every time I kind of see stuff that's like you know careers is bundled into PSHE or it's always an afterthought and so mm. we're still not answering the what I believe you know is the fundamental question and that is surely if we feel that the world of work is an important end destination which it is then why isn't it embedded within curriculum it's amazing I think because the, the why and the how that we don't often sell to the students if we do that, we get more engagement anyway, don't we? If they understand the purpose of being in the class and doing these things, you often can then they get the buy-in for it. I think we're quite lucky with LIBF because the qualifications we do are kind of money oriented. So they have a kind yeah. of life element attached to them. So often students buy into it. There are even the ones that aren't particularly focused in class all the times. They get this. They get what they learn to learn about money because they know it's going to affect them. And I also think they yeah. understand why they learn about careers. And I think it's a mistrick sometimes that we don't explain the why about something. Exactly. I, I do think that, you know, what, it's back to kind of really big questions, isn't it? Like, what's the purpose of education? Surely that is just to teach young people how to learn, yeah. you know, nothing more. Yeah, so true, especially given the fact things change so quickly now, don't they? You know, things really yeah. change fast. So what are we preparing them for now? You can't prepare a, a maybe living on for a, a job in 15 years time because who knows what work's going to be out there. It changes so quickly, doesn't it? You've, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, what does everyone say? What does the future of work look like? It looks like a different place than today. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing you can guarantee, right? Yeah. What about entrepreneurship then? Because again, you know, careers, I, I think again, maybe because of technology, but that seems to be something that certainly young people are more entrepreneurial or want to be. You see them, you know, may, or maybe that's just because social media promotes it more. But is that a bigger part of what you do now, maybe than what it was maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago with regards to looking at careers? I'll be really honest, it's only the last year or so we have an, as an organisation started to really look at enterprise. And because, I mean, you know, I, I don't mind saying it how it is. In order for us to do what we do, we need sponsorship from organisations. You know, we need buy-in to make the free resources. And, and it's easy to find champions for some sectors. Other sectors 
sectors, it's almost impossible. How do you find a champion for enterprise? How do you find an organization that comes forward and says, do you know what? We'll pick up the bill for all those resources to make about enterprises and setting up your own business. That's a real hard one to crack. So we're starting from the bottom up, just like we did probably in the early days of NCW. And I'm having a few conversations with young entrepreneurs and saying, you come and own this space. We're too old to understand it. You come and own this space. We'll give you the platform. But you go out there and you find other people like you. Share those stories. Share that narrative. And we will plant that back into education because you're absolutely right. That is part of the future. And it's just as relevant and just as important for many young people as, you know, the old fashioned traditional ideas of a, a job to a job on a career linear pathway. Yeah, so true. Well, I'm glad it's on the radar. I, and I think you'll get that sounds like a great approach to go about it as well. And I'm sure you get lots to take up from the young people that have done some really wonderful things over recent years, you know, in creating their own opportunities themselves. And again, it's something to be to be shared. What do you see as some of the main challenges for young people over the next five to 10 years in the world of careers? What might be some of the things that might have an impact that maybe weren't there five or 10 years ago? I think the way of working is probably the, the big fundamental change. So they'll have their parents and influences around them, but their stories and their narrative is very much kind of almost embedded in the past. The future um, is unknown, naturally, but for young people especially, you know, it's not going to be unusual for them to be working from home. It's not going to be unusual for them to maybe have two or three different jobs effectively you know it, so this kind of idea of portable skills becomes really important because I, I think they will have many many more jobs as individuals than we ever had if you were going to give dare I say it, maybe this is a bit an unfair question I don't know but some top tips then and I know it's a part of what comes on in National Careers Week but just off the top of your head if you have some top tips for for young people looking out to get in to the, to the big world of work or maybe make a change in the current career, what might they be? What I've sensed in a lot of young people's, this sort of, you know, this, this generation, this cohort, is that um, they often get a finger poked at them, not just for being poor communicators, but being a bit soft. You know, you hear this term woke all the time and, you know, snowflakes. That is so detrimental. At the end of the day, I think they're a caring generation. I think that they are looking for jobs and roles where they can feel like they're making a difference, where they feel that they can have a positive impact, that they're not just a number. And, you know, it's all to their credit for that. So I, I would say be true to yourself. Find things that, you know, you really do like and, that, and try to then make that into a job. Even if it's starting at the very bottom, it doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter because if you enjoy it, again, it's back to that old app you know adage that it won't feel like work and you can shape it you know I think a lot of employers are more than happy for young people to shape their job to morph their role into other roles because they haven't got the answers either so have the confidence that you can come in ask the right questions learn and even shape that job yourself into something that you enjoy a little bit more even take on that extra responsibility show that you're someone that can be trusted but have faith in yourself and if it doesn't work it's not the end of the world. You move on to the next thing and you move on to the next thing and you keep going. Each time you move on, you're actually adding to your skills. And those are the portable kind of skills that we talk about. Brilliant. And so we're approaching this year's National Careers Week. Can you tell us when that is and what we can expect? Sure. Yeah, that kicks off on the 7th of March. Um, it's for a week. Through pandemic, it's been a lot more digital um, than normal. There'll be another virtual careers fair online. We got 500,000 odd students come through it last year, which was amazing as it was the first time we tried it. Um, 
LIBF supported that as well. Great, thank you. Um, they will be there again alongside many other organisations um, sharing the exciting kind of opportunities for young people again. And, you know, that's probably the, the big one. And it's a little bit more blended this year because schools, I think, are opening up a little bit more. They, you know, they seem more open to organisations coming in. So they'll, you know, schools up and down the country will be running their own careers fairs. And again, we're helping trying to link them up with employers that can go in. So I would just say make the most of all the free resources that are available. Get into the virtual careers fair. Um, have a look around you don't have to register for it it's not time-based you know no one's measuring all your footprints and where you're going you know it's just an open house to come in whenever you want as many times as you want even with your parents you know and your influences your carers your guardians whatever just come in and make the most of it and you know what if one in every hundred students that gets involved in national careers we get something out of it we'll be happy job done well, it's a great week to shine a light on this. It's such an important part of why we were in education, right? I mean, this is the point of it, to come, come out there with something worth having. So, you know, just to spend one week looking at it, it seems like a, a drop in the ocean, really, doesn't it, compared to what we need to be doing, but it's, it's fantastic. Where do you see National Quiz Week heading? Like, where do you see this in five or ten years' time? And I do appreciate it's, it's an evolving beast and things change, but if you had hopes and aspirations for it, what, what would you like to look back in ten years and see National Quiz Week looking like? You know what, that is the question of the day because it, it's a conversation I had this morning that actually answers that. Um, I, I'm always thinking ahead. Um, for National Careers Week that everyone knows today, that will just mean younger people coming in, taking up the reins and taking it on you know, to the next place it needs to go. And that's always been the purpose of it. It's a not-for-profit. It's never been about us as an organisation or as us as individuals. So we're always looking for newer, younger people to come in and bring their energy and take it on. Um, but something we will be working on, and maybe that's of interest to, you know, your networks out there in the financial sector. And, you know, he says, putting his hands together, hoping that, you know, there's sponsors out there that may be listening. But we're looking at setting up um, NCW Foundation. And that is all about working back in the areas that are the most deprived, working with those students that need the most help, because that was back, taking us back to our roots of why National Careers Week set up anyway. And, you know, we've done a bit of work with people like the Rio Ferdinand Trust and, and Foundation working in places like Salford. And they said, oh, yeah, come and work with hard to reach kids. They weren't hard to reach in terms of our knowledge of hard to reach. Mm. They barely attended school. So they were almost impossible to reach. So that's where I'd like to see us going. I'd like us getting some sponsors together, which can actually help us focus on that, because I want it to come back to. I suppose the roots and, mm -hmm. and, and, and what it's really all about, you know, there's some brilliant schools out there that have got fantastic careers um, services that are supporting them. They are not the problem. Okay. Yeah. The problem is all the others. Yeah. That haven't got that and they get left behind. So let's make sure if, you know, if we really believe in leveling up, you know, as, as, as the kind of, you know, as we're led to believe, that's where you start. You surely start at the bottom and work your way upwards. What a great focus. Brilliant. Well, I've got no doubt with your passion and drive behind it. You know, experience and youth together, I'm sure um, that will be more than <laughs> achievable. Nick, I, we're pushing for time. I'm so grateful. But we ask all our guests this one question. You usually rate it to financial education, but in your case, I'm going to rate it to careers, if that's OK. And you may have covered it in one of your other answers, which is fine if you have. But if there was one thing you could change about the way the, the world of careers or, or careers guidance or advice, just one, what, what might that be? 
us stop talking about it as an add-on. Yeah, it's back to that one of embedding careers within actual curriculum subject matter, you know. So, and, and can I just say, and I will answer the other bit as well, what organisations like you guys do in terms of money awareness, and I just use that in my naive terms, yeah, but showing young people the importance of understanding money, that's really important because, you know, it's taken me up until kind of my years because I didn't have that kind of help and knowledge. And, you know, I'm only just kind of recovering from poor financial, you know, mistakes that I've made in my past. So that is absolutely critical. And you guys keep up that good work because that is having a major impact. And you won't even know the impact that's happening because people never come back and tell you when you've got something right and you've been helpful. <laughs> it, there's such a correlation between careers advice and money advice, isn't it? Because the two come yeah. hand in hand, right? You know, and if you can make your choices around both, life's a bit easier, isn't it? You know, and um, yeah. I, I, we come at it in slightly different angles, I know, but I know we have a joint passion for the topics that we, we embrace on a daily basis. Nick, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much. Your plans and hopes are moving forward? Is it just more of this stuff and keeping it going? Keep going. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> <laughs> Keep drinking the coffees. Um, yeah. If people want to find out more about you, Nick, the work you're doing, NCW, what's the best way of maybe reaching out or getting more information? Okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm a real tart for social media, so they can find me on Twitter um, at NCW Newman. That, that's where I am. I respond to everything. I have open DMs if anyone wants to kind of ever ask me questions. At Careers Week is obviously NCW's handle and nationalcareersweek.com is the website. Brilliant, Nick. Thank you so much. We'll put all those links in the show notes anyway. So grateful for your time. Will you come back and talk to us again maybe afterwards now as to how, it, how it's all gone and what things we look forward to next year maybe in a few months' time? Would that be all right? I would love to. I haven't enjoyed an interview this much for ages. Oh, brilliant, Nick. Thank you so much. So with all the best for the 7th of March, and we'll be on it and, and being involved as much as we can possibly be. And look, keep up the great work. You're fantastic. A great ambassador for careers, a great guy, and the whole team behind you are wonderful. So thanks for all the work you do and uh, look forward to chatting again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please remember to leave a review and share. To find out more about the work we do at LIBF and our French education qualifications, please contact us or visit our website. All details can be found in this episode's show notes.